On today's episode of The Fitness Solution with Adam Berry, I got to sit down and talk to uh, Tim, who's one of my clients. He's a member of The Fitness Collective, and uh, I get to see him twice a week um, for personal trainer. He asked me to bust some myths with him, uh, talk about things that he's experienced in his fitness life and the things that he got told and the things that he's now learnt and all of the things that can stop us from getting involved in fitness and developing ourselves from that point. Basically because of what we've heard, what we think, what our brains are telling us and things like that. So it's a really good podcast. I'm really proud of Tim. He's worked so hard over the last sort of year when I've seen him and he's achieving great things in the gym. So it's a really good episode and I hope, uh, hopefully we conquer some of the myths that are worrying you or stopping you from getting involved in fitness. Don't forget, uh, you can apply for coaching with me on via the 10 minute fitness solution. Uh, if you need information on that, just head to Instagram and catch me on there. Uh, click the link in my bio and it's at the gym starter on Instagram. Right. So let's get on with a call with Tim. Uh, peace, love, and protein. High fives and positive vibes. Bye. Uh, hey, Tim, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Adam. How are you? I'm not too bad. Thanks for jumping on the phone uh, with me today. And thanks for coming on Sorry? to the fitness solution. Uh, you had a good day? Yeah, it's been very good, thanks. Yourself? It's been fine. Thank you for asking. Uh, what have you been up to? I just work really, you know. Okay. So it's, a, cool. it's a Monday today, so back to work. Lovely. After a nice weekend. So um on the on the Instagram. No. No. Uh yeah, just Wednesday. Yeah. On on the um sorry, I got interrupted by my boss at the gym there. Um so on the Instagram today I asked uh, for anyone for any they had any questions for me to cover on the very first episode of the fitness solution. Uh, the new rebrand of my podcast. And uh, Tim came back to me and he said he did. He wanted to talk about busting myths and myth busting and things like that because he's come across a few. And Tim's a client of mine. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that's what he came at me with. So what did you want to discuss about myths in fitness, fat loss, fun, whatever it was? I mean, where to start? Where to start? Um... As an avid follower of your Instagram, I see a lot of times you sharing um, things if yourself or um, other um, trainers have shared quite often talking about um, common sort of traits that people see and misconceptions. And um, there's a really good one, actually, um, where it was talking about how people always swear by a certain diet or a certain regime. Um, I've been guilty of it in the past, actually. I, I was one of those people that was like, no, after lunch, I don't eat carbs. Right. And, you know, and I thought it was working. Um, and it is just, I suppose it's, it's looking at, you know, common, in the first instance, common diets that people always swear by. And, um, you know the fact that they they seem to work for a short time but do they work in the long term right right so so what so what do you think so you tried no carbohydrates for a period after what was it 2 p.m 3 p.m 
something like that. Yeah. Okay. And did it? And you said it worked in the short term for you. So talk me through that experience. What happened to you? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was when I was back when I was working in hospitality. Um, so sometimes I'd be eating later meals during the day. Um, and um, it made it easier for me to sort of, I suppose, to try and be a bit healthier because at the time I was preparing for my brother's wedding and I was um, thinking, oh, you know, I was one of those people that carbohydrates were bad. That was my, my thinking. And, yeah. you know, there's a time and a place for them. And the place, time and place for them is earlier in the day when I'm going to burn them off because I'm not going to burn them off in the evenings. Right. And, and so that, that was the, the thought process that went through my head. And like I say, in, in some ways, it did actually work a bit. Um, How? But at the same time, I also approached carbohydrates as being your um, your big, you know, your things like your potatoes, your pasta, your rice. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really exercising at the time. I was, as I was working in hospitality, so I was on my feet a lot. I was moving a lot, doing a lot of heavy lifting, that sort of thing. So I was active, but I wasn't actively exercising right and, and like i say it, it seemed to, to, to work in the short term but this is it long term sustainable i don't think so okay so did you find a point where you got to and then it just dropped off you just couldn't keep doing it anymore yeah i mean that that's kind of the main thing and also, it's, I mean, because the basis of like a lot of meals is potato, pasta, rice. Yeah. Um, and you can do without them so much, but it, it kind of gets a bit boring. Just to, you know, if you're having spaghetti bolognese and you've got no spaghetti, it's kind of just. <laughs> it's just bolognese. Goop. You know, and it's just bolognese and um you, you kind of feel a bit like you're eating baby food um you know probably a lot nicer tasting but nevertheless and i mean you can try doing you know i've tried the whole um what is it courgette um spaghetti mm, and, yeah it's very wet it's not enjoyable it's not as good it's not it's just not as nice as spaghetti um and um, another time, like through my life, someone's sort of said about doing the whole um, eat, eating smaller, small amounts, but throughout the day mm-hmm. to stoke your metabolism. And well, yeah, I mean, it's that. Um, and another one with metabolism is the idea of having breakfast all the time as well. Because right. that was something that, again, I, you know, it was sort of told to me at a younger and impressionable age that you should have breakfast because it kickstarts your metabolism. Yep. And and this idea of having smaller meals and you just eating them. Um, so not, not even like meals, but, you know, having small snacks throughout the day. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the sort of, you know, after we had this thing and, and, and I thought about it all and, I, you know, it all leads down to one thing really, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 as you know, which is basically the point of the whole chat we're going to have today is that, yeah, it comes down to the two magic words that you're about to say. It's the calorie deficit. There we go. You got it. You've learned well. Uh, you're right. I have. You're right. So all the things you've you've explained and you've messed around with and digressed over and everything, they're all just very technical, confusing ways to basically try and elevate the fitness professional who comes up with it or the nutritionist who comes up with it to make them seem like they're smarter than the person who's consuming that information. So, you know, you have to eat eight times a day to fire your metabolism. It's just nonsense. I mean, all calories are created, uh, or is it not all calories are created equal? No, a calorie is a calorie, it's a unit of energy. All calories are created equal. Um, and, And it doesn't matter when you eat them. You know, if you want to build muscle, you have to eat a certain amount of calories over a day. If you want to lose weight, you have to eat less calories than you're burning every day. And all of these myths that keep cropping up, they nearly all fall into um, just trying to confuse someone about how to get into a calorie deficit. So at the start of the uh, call, you mentioned like the different diets. I imagine you were thinking like keto, um, Weight Watchers, Slimming World, all these kinds of things. And they're all just very fancy, stylish, well-marketed, interesting ways of pushing people into a calorie deficit. Um, now, I know, yeah. I know you've like lost weight significantly twice over your life, haven't you? Um, and you, know, you, you, didn't, you didn't apply anything fancy to that, did you? You just stuck to the rules of a calorie deficit. No, I mean, I, um, when I've sort of lost weight before, the main thing I did was I was seeing a trainer on a regular basis. I was doing that regular exercise and I was being more aware of what I was eating. I was, you know, I was tracking in calories. I was making sure I wasn't, um, you know, consuming too much, but I was also making sure that, you know, as much as I could through the joys of technology i was burning more than i was eating exactly um and you know on the days that i was working out i was making sure that i wasn't then overeating to compensate for it as well i I would be having a banana on my journey home and then uh, when i'm getting in just yeah just having some meat and vegetables and just really sort of piling that on um and then just trying yeah just really trying to avoid overeating and um and it, it worked it worked for me um and i think it, you know having it, it's all about and it's another word you use a lot is is consistency so it's, yeah. it was having the consistency um I used to go to the shops and literally buy um, a packet of cooked meat, so like chicken breast, turkey breast, and I'd buy like 
bags of um, salad, cucumber, peppers, all of that. And just literally, because we had the facilities to do so, I would be making a salad fresh every day and mm-hmm. just chucking that chicken in and just using a bit of um, balsamic as dressing. So it wasn't adding any oil to it. Um, I, so I was keeping it as clean, I suppose, for lack of a better word, as possible. But it meant that I was able to, I was, you know, using low calorie but filling foods. Um, and it, it is just, I wasn't always thinking in the sense of how many calories am I taking in. I was thinking, you know, a lot like a lot of people, salad's good for you. But it, it's being aware that actually the reason it's good for you is that it's low in calorie, it's, but it's high in sort of fiber and other stuff that sort of fills you up. Um, but also being aware that you don't want to be chucking dressings on salads. It makes them taste nicer, but that's where all your calories are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I shared a post today um, on Instagram, I'm not sure if you saw it, that's you can get a Burger King salad, which is 720, I want to say 729 calories. I'm just looking it up. Or, or you can have three cheeseburgers, which come in under that, right? So 720 calories. So one chicken salad from Burger King is 720 calories. Or you can get three hamburgers, which are 660 yeah. calories. Okay. Now, it's, I think, a big myth that, we've been exploring a lot recently in our sessions and chatting about as well is this whole healthy unhealthy kick i was talking to someone today um via dm and and she was like oh you know i need to get healthy food but it's too expensive and i'm like well it relates to your goal if your goal is to lose weight you don't necessarily you don't necessarily need healthy food now do i think it's going to make you feel better do i think it's going to give you more um nutrition and i always i prefer to push people towards the word nourishing is the food rather than healthy unhealthy because that's kind of putting it into two boxes we're going it's good or bad just by those two words by focusing on the word nourishing you're thinking hang on is this food going to nourish me and if the answer is yes great and at times fast food a burger king a big mac can nourish you because it's what you want at that moment it can nourish you emotionally as opposed to just physically as opposed to just in terms of cell rejuvenation and and getting all your micronutrients and things like that and i think that's a much better prism with which to look through all of these myths it's like the vegan thing you know is is veganism necessarily more healthy no you know a lot of vegan food has as many calories in it as carnivore food has in it And we just have to, we always have to go back to the facts of the food that we're eating. Because without the facts, you get caught up in all these myths, you get caught up in all these stories. And that's why I wanted to get on the phone to you today, because I really wanted to talk to you about it all. I really wanted to dissect what was going on in in your head, what you were hearing, because it's representative of all the people listening to this, that all of these myths are just stories. There's another word for a myth. It's a story and it's there to confuse you. And it's there to, to pull the wool over your eyes so that you do start doing weird and wonderful things to basically keep you away from achieving your goal. Because keeping you away from achieving your goal is what keeps people like me in business, is what the marketers would think. Um, I like to think I'm, you know, my morals are in a better place than that than, yeah. than a lot of people. 
but that's generally how mm. it works and you know whether it's these myths with keto and yeah. everything else don't get me wrong there, there, there is obviously science somewhere along the path that is backed up to this um to where which is where all these ideas come from which is where the ketogenic diet comes from which is where you know the the stoking your metabolism by eating six small meals a day comes from you know there must be a study somewhere that proved this is correct but at the end of the day you can never run away from the fundamental principles of if you're looking for fat loss a calorie deficit if you're looking um for fat loss or muscle building a uh, a consistent regime and if you you know and something that is overly sustainable that you can adhere to and you can't adhere to something if you're not enjoying it and by enjoying what you're doing might mean that you break these myths from time to time it might mean you have to find a more sustainable way forward from time to time because that's really the only way in which you're going to make this last 10 years as opposed to 10 days yeah well that's that um <laughs> yeah so, uh, so we should um yeah i kind of i kind of put the nail in the in the coffin there didn't i um so what other myths have you come across what, you did a little uh, bit yeah i mean but okay so here's a different one so we've got we've, we've touched upon diet yeah um the other side of it of course is um exercise uh-huh. Um, and it's, and again, I know this is a, it's one of those things you take with a pinch of salt and I'm, you know, I'm not worried about it. It's this idea that, um, if you want to lose weight, you have to do lots of cardio. Right. It's all about doing cardio. If you want to make yourself bigger, then you do weights. Right. And I think that's a general one. Again, a lot of people would have heard at different points through weight loss journeys yeah yeah no i get that i mean the the whole cardio for fat loss is is one of those things it's a mode it can help it burns calories of course it does uh i like to think of cardio as people's non-exercise activity thermogenesis more like their meat rather than their prescribed working out because what the cardio won't do so as you know the metabolism is built up of several components your basal metabolic rate your, and, and I say you know because I know you know it, Tim. Um, the listeners probably not so much. Um, your BMR, basal metabolic rate. Your thermic effect of food, which is the calories you burn digesting food. You have your exercise, which is responsible for only 10%. And you also have your, I've got to remember them now. You have your NEAT and your, I've covered them all. Exercise, basal metabolic rate thermic effect of food and neat yeah i think i've done them all if i haven't someone will tell me and um and exercise is only 10 percent of the 100 percent burn that you get every day and when you do cardio all you're doing is relying on that 10 percent what you're not doing is you're not adding to improve your basal metabolic rate which is where resistance training comes in which is where lifting weights can really help you because it can increase your metabolic your basal metabolic rate because muscle is more efficient to operate than fat. So by adding the muscle, it improves your basal metabolic rate. But when you do cardio, one, you adapt to it very quickly. So you're gonna have to start doing longer and longer and longer and longer, or going faster and faster and faster and faster, and then that becomes unsustainable. Um, but also you're, you're, you're focusing on just 10% of your metabolism. And 
I, you know, I don't know if you're a better man or anything, but if I had 10% odds, I'm, I'm not going to back that horse hugely. I'm going to go to the 70% and how I can improve that 70%. Um, that being said, cardio is important for your heart health. I do a lot of cardio. I do a lot of running, as you know. And it's, it has its benefits. But for weight loss, you can't beat. You just can't beat the food you eat and lifting weights. Have you Thank found you. that? Have, uh, you found, yeah. have you found that out? I mean, you, you've done some running, haven't you? You've dallied in that, and and um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say um, even when I've lost weight before, um, like with a, a, a different trainer. Um, How and, dare you! Um, <laughs> this is before your time, um, okay. and I think one of the things was that we would work on resistance training. We would work on cardio. And um, when I've seen him most recently, and I've spoken to him about sort of the, the things we've achieved in our sessions, you know, like the lifting heavy weights and everything. How he's heavy? Been, How heavy? Have you told him uh, about your, your, your big one? I, I told, told him about my uh, recent bench, yeah, 60 kilograms. Um, it was amazing. It I, was I amazing. How many reps did you do of that again? Thanks. Yep. Yep. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, he turned around and said, because we were doing outdoor fitness, we were working mm. outdoor because that's how he was working at the time. Mm. We didn't have the luxury of using big heavy weights. We would have a, a medicine ball, a kettlebell, we'd have a TRX at best that was like slung over a tree. Um, and no trees were harmed in the um, taking of these sessions, by the way. And, <laughs> But it was using more my own body weight as a resistance method, using resistance mm -hmm. bands um, to do sort of some basic things, you know, like a, a lateral raises, bicep curls, front raises, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I was telling him, like, I've been doing these heavy weights, he's like, I would love to have done that with you. Yeah. Because that is a lot more efficient. And yeah. I've read other articles again where they say, like, you need to build muscle. It's not about looking like the rock. It's just about building muscle because it is more effective at burning calories. Yep. Because it's more effective and for a much longer period of time. Yeah, because like you say, it's that thing of it, it just muscle naturally burns calories by moving and everything yeah. else. So, like you say, you're. you're BMR increases because you're creating a, a better machine. Yeah, basically. Uh, and you're taking your Corsa from being a Corsa to a Formula One car. And it's going to burn more fuel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great. The other big myth in this whole exactly. conversation around building muscle and stuff is obviously women who get very worried and, and scared of looking like the rock or dwayne johnson or whoever else if they think if they're going to pick up a barbell that weighs 20 kilos suddenly their biceps are going to explode out of their arms and and you know like you could i think if you just spent two days on instagram you'd see the post it it's not true of women it's just you will not build muscle like that for the main reason you don't have enough testosterone in your body in order to do that your estrogen levels keep you in check in that sense um, 
So, you know, this worry that people have about building muscle on their body and, and they don't want to get all big and firm and, and look manly and stuff like that. One, I think you underestimate really how hard that is and also how assisted some people are when they look like that. Um, and yeah, two, don't worry, you're never going to be that dedicated to the cause that you're ever going to end up looking like that. But what will happen is you will gain so much more you'll gain better fitting clothes you'll gain more confidence you'll gain better shape you'll feel stronger and you'll set good examples for your family and all of these things and lifting weights from lifting weights it so much more can come from it than just the physique and and the burning the fat there's there's so much behind the myth of what lifting weights is I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I've, the most serious I've ever lifted weights was really the last two years of my life. You know, I, I trained to become a personal trainer and started my personal training business without really knowing, I didn't even know how to deadlift. I didn't know really anything. I was a complete beginner. I remember on my course, I felt like a real imposter because I didn't know anything and I didn't look like I knew anything either because I've always been lean. I did a lot of running. I was a semi-pro referee. But I didn't, I, I felt really out of place because I didn't know all of this stuff. I didn't know the names of exercises. I didn't know anything when I was training to be a personal trainer. And what lifting weights has given me since then can, just can't be measured. You know, the, the way I feel about myself, um, the way I feel when I put on clothes and it's no longer, I've no longer got pipes coming out of my sleeves. And I'm not big, but it's just the way I feel about myself. You know, I don't feel tall and lanky anymore. I feel tall and strong. Oh, no, I get that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I had a conversation with someone today at work about um, they, they preferred doing cardio because they feel like they've achieved more doing mm. cardio than when they lift weights. That's really and interesting. I'm kind of like... I, I get that to an extent because it's yeah. that thing of you're on a machine and, and it tells you how far you've gone and how many calories you've supposedly burnt. You don't get that with lifting a weight. But I tell you what, when you manage to bust out three reps of a weight you've never lifted before, whether mm. it be deadlifting 100 kilos or benching 60, and you know the struggle you put through it and you to achieve it and be mm. able to turn around and go, I've done that. I, I think that has given me a bigger endorphin high than when I ran my first cat, you know, 5K. Yeah, yeah. I remember and, you, um, I remember, well, we've done two things with you, haven't we? We completed a 5K and we did that in a pretty good time, wasn't it? Yeah. About 40, was it 42 or something like that? And I remember you being yeah. chuffed with that. And then we, we got you, you know, you did that 60 kilo lift. And I remember I saw you a week after, because I think we missed a session. So normally see you twice a week, but we missed a session. So you a week after, and I was like, hey, you had a good week? He was like, yeah, I've been really, really happy, like really, really chuffed with myself because I did that lift. And I was like, what, for a week? And you're like, yeah, I felt amazing. I feel great. And it's such, it just fills me with such happiness. To hear something like that, and, and that result, the result of lifting the 60, definitely, undeniably, lasted a lot longer 
than the time you achieved on the 5k oh no absolutely i mean i think the, the, the for me looking at it running a 5k is is not you know it's not easy i'm not gonna say it was easy and you know and building up times i find it a bit more almost all more arduous but i think it's also like you say there's a huge confidence thing because yeah the gym we work in there are guys who have arms bigger than their heads <laughs> and you, you you see them and they, they they've you know they, they've got their sort of vest tops on and walking around and watching themselves in the mirror as they're, they're working out whether it activates muscles or not that's another conversation um but to be able to go in and lift that weight you just kind of go that's incredible yeah you don't i think you know people think oh yeah you've got you'd be benching your own body weight it's like mm -hmm. well maybe but i think at the you know until you start trying it you don't know what you can do yeah I and not many it's actually a lot harder than it looks it's a lot harder than it looks and that's something i don't think other people um understand it's a lot 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 harder than it looks so much harder than it looks and that little movement for a barbell from above your chest to your chest and back up above your chest takes it out of you. It's hard, hard work, even though it's only 10 seconds of your life. If that, it shouldn't take you 10 seconds. But it, it, but it can be one of the most fulfilling things that you can do. And it's interesting you say to me, like, you know, you see the other guys in the gym and stuff, and, and you know, they look big and you're kind of comparing yourself to them and stuff like that. But you just, there's just no need to because no one knows the journey you've been on. No one knows the journey that you're encompassing. And, you know, what is nice about the gym we work in is everybody in the gym would be so proud of you if they knew what you'd achieved, even if they could do 60 with their eyes closed. Um, and that's what's nice about it. No one in here is judging you, which is why I like working here. But, you've when you put it together and i'm sorry i was talking about comparing yourself to others wasn't i and that comparison to others it can be useful because it can drive you to an extent but it should never take away should never take away your achievement when you achieve it because we're all different we're all different machines we're all built differently and your what you can do is amazing like yeah I, I, like this week i've been comparing myself to you i'm like tim did Three reps of 60 kilos. I did one and a half. I need to do better. And, you know, I'm comparing myself to it's driving me, but I'm not letting it affect mm. me. And that's, and that's when no, that comparison I, thing comes in. And I think in, in some ways you've just sort of kind of busted enough, another myth there, which is that thing of people in the gym looking down on you. Yeah. And, and I do think that actually you know what they don't people quite more often than not they're actually more focused on what they're doing every single it's, time i don't want to say they don't care what you're doing but they're not i don't think people are as i don't think people are that judgy and more often than not especially in the gym we are we go to 
people are more helpful than anything. The number of times you, I've seen guys who probably don't really know each other spotting each other because they need that extra help yeah. or just giving a piece of advice on actually you're moving your body, you know, you're moving your body too much on that curl. Mm. You need to bring it all. It needs to all be in the arms. You, you, you know, expending too much energy. Yeah. And you're not getting the results you want. Yeah. It, I, it's actually quite, quite nice and I think you know that's why I would say that that's the biggest struggle for a lot of people is walking through the doors of a gym is the the, the first most intimidating step because they just feel I'm going to go in there and everyone's going to judge me and I'm not going to have a clue what I'm doing what I always say about this and, is I always say just think about how self-conscious you are when you step into that gym how worried about yourself you are, how aware of yourself you are. Now, everybody else in the gym feels exactly the same. Therefore, no one is looking outwards. Everyone in the gym is looking inwards. And that is why you shouldn't feel self-conscious in the gym. Everyone is so concerned with themselves in the same way you're so concerned with yourselves because you're so worried about what they're thinking of you. They're also worried what you're thinking of them. It, it neutralizes the whole situation. It neutralizes everything. And even to the point when, you know, like say a client falls over or, or they kind of fail on a rep or something like that. Um, it doesn't happen often, but if they do, I'll then go to them, look, look around, what's happened? And they'll look at me and go, what do you mean? I'm like, well, look, what's happened? And they're like, well, nothing. I'm like, exactly. Nothing has happened because of that. That fear you've been carrying of, of you not being able to lift that over your head and the judgment that you think everyone's going to put upon you by failing to do that doesn't exist. And that's just, it's a myth that we live in our heads that we, we, we kind of, our own narcissism lets us believe it because our brain is trying to protect us from pushing ourselves outside of that comfort zone. And I think that's probably the, uh, the best lesson to, to leave this on that you've got to push yourself outside that comfort zone in order to in order to continue that development absolutely right well buddy uh we need to wrap this up um was there anything yep. else you wanted to run past me quickly no no i think that we've been, been very chatty and uh, we've covered a lot of bases and we have busted uh, the myths you know we've been busting some myths um better than the guys who have a tv show about it <laughs> well, no i don't watch tv right well, thanks for coming on, buddy. It's been lovely chatting to you. You keep smiling and you keep being proud of yourself, okay? Yeah. You too, buddy. Oh, well, mate. Right. Lovely. Uh, peace, love, and protein. High fives and positive vibes. I'll see you soon. Bye. I'll speak to you soon.